Hello, I'm Dango Rose, and this is the Mountaineer Podcast, where everybody's listening. And I'm Cynthia Davis. In this week's episode, we speak with Heather Taylor, mountain pop artist, lyrical expressionist, and renaissance woman of the peak to peak. She talks about her upcoming art shows, as well as what's new in her creative world. We hear this week's music mentions from Jamie Lammers and special correspondent Marianne Rosen will share a special story about the oft-forgotten history of the 4th of July. And for our final story, we speak to Aaron Gill Friedman of Zizania Music, who will be performing their brand of vintage jazz and old-time swing at Salto's first Friday event, taking place July 7th. But first, some news from your neighborhood. Voting is open for this year's Views from the Top Photo Contest. You can see all entries both in this week's edition of the Mountaineer newspaper and online. Go to our website and follow the prompt to the page where you can view, vote, and share. The Central City Opera has kicked off their 2023 festival season. Go to centralcityopera.org to see what's on tap for the upcoming months. The festival runs from June 24th to August 6th, with the next scheduled performance being Kiss Me, Kate. During the June 20th meeting of the Central City Council, Mayor Jeremy Fay and council members heard and approved Resolution Number 23-25. The resolution authorizes the execution of a professional service agreement with Riser Trail Craft to provide construction services for the Stairway to Heaven project. The project is so named to commemorate the lives of Cody and Shelby Allen, who died of carbon monoxide poisoning in their home in December of 2020. Cody had been with the Central City Fire Department as a volunteer since July of 2009 and had been hired full-time to the position of lieutenant. Shelby had been a volunteer member of the fire department since February of 2016. The two had recently married and were planning to start a family in Gilpin County. The proposed trail will traverse the area between Gold Mountain and Virginia Canyon. There will be no pedestrian traffic crossing any of the roadways and the steps will not all be uniform so as to create a better walking surface on the steep inclines. Folks, if you are looking for something to do this 4th of July, we included a full calendar of events in the most recent edition of the Mountaineer newspaper. You can also now find a complete listing of events all along the Peak to Peak region located on our website. Be sure to check it out and submit your event today. We offer free listings for nonprofits and community-supported organizations. Read more local news and feature stories in print and online at themountaineer.com. And that's it for this week's news briefs. If you have something to share... You can send requests for submission to info at themountaineer.com. As long as it meets our community standards, we'll be sure to include it in a future episode. Brightwood Music has been serving the peak-to-peak region and beyond since opening in 2008. The full-service music store offers new and used instruments and will even repair the ones you've got. Go ahead and check them out on Facebook at Brightwood Music. Brightwood Music is the best music store with altitude across the peak to peak.
And for our lead story, Dingo Speaks with Heather Taylor, celebrated Renaissance woman of the peak to peak. Hey, Heather, could you please go ahead and introduce yourself for our listening audience? My name is Heather Taylor, and I'm a Colorado artist. And we hear that you have not one, but two new shows opening this month. Yep. One is in Boulder. It's off Arapahoe. It's Ozo Coffee. It'll be up the whole month of July. And then I am dueling uh, Busey Brews up in Netherland the whole month of July as well. And you are usually a regular fixture at the Netherland Farmer's Market. Can folks expect to see you there selling your wares as well? I'm starting the Farmer's Market as of July 26th, and then I'll be doing it the whole rest of the season. And I am going to be emceeing the cat costume contest. And just to clarify for our listeners, that's the Bizarre Cat Bazaar taking place August 12th. Now, Heather, you don't stick to canvas, do you? For sure. I mean, that's the the goal is bigger and fun and, you know, more public. And it's always fun to do, like, you know, murals in kids' rooms and stuff like that. So it sounds like there's a broad spectrum of the work that you do. How would you describe it for others? That's a really tough question. Um, I would say I'm very visual, very bright and vibrant colors, a little bit urban influence. And I'd say there's even a little bit of, you know, 80s, 90s pop culture in there. I just paint kind of whatever comes to mind, you know. So I've been kind of all about the little goddess ladies lately. So I've been kind of kicking out them. And can you tell us the best way to see more of your work? And how to get in touch? Yeah, just check out the shows. They'll be up all month. And if they can find me through my website, com. They can go on Facebook and go to Art of Heather Taylor. They can either go to Instagram and look up Glitter Stop Fight. Or if they want to see some process videos, you can go over to TikTok. And it's the same thing, Glitter Slap Fight. And you can see me and work. Thank you, Heather. We can't wait to see the new shows and to catch up at the Netherland Farmer's Market. Best of luck. Now we go to correspondent Jamie Lammers, who will be delivering this week's Music Mentions. And now for this week's Music Mentions. Head to Busey Brews, located at 70 East 1st Street in Netherland on Sunday, July 9th at 2 p.m. to see the Piney Tops duo performing live. Head to the Canyon Tavern, located at 32138 Highway 72 in Cool Creek Canyon on Saturday, July 8th at 6 p.m. to see Derek Hall performing live. Head to the Gold Hill Inn, located at 401 Main Street in Gold Hill on Sunday, July 2nd at 6 p.m. to see the Johnny Blueheart Trio performing live on Tuesday, July 4th at 12 p.m. to see the 4th of July Twain Fest and Barbecue 2023, Friday, July 7th at 8 p.m. to see Meadow Mountain performing live, and on Sunday, July 9th at 6 p.m. to see Cup of Joe performing live. Head to Howlin' Wind Brewing, located at 51A Main Street in Rollinsville, on Saturday, July 8th at 4.30pm to see Windy Pines performing live, and on Sunday, July 9th at 4pm to see Mickey Balder duo performing live. Head to 
the Jamestown Mercantile located at 108 Main Street in Jamestown on Wednesday, July 5th at 5 p.m. for an open mic night, on Thursday, July 6th at 7 p.m. for a Chris Murray performance, and on Friday, July 7th at 7 p.m. and on Sunday, July 9th at 12.15 p.m. to see River Arkansas performing live. The JKQ Barbecue, located at 200 Gregory Street in Blackhawk, on Friday, July 7th at 6 p.m. and Saturday, July 8th at 6 p.m. to see John Ridnell performing live. Head to Knotted Root Brewing, located at 250 North Caribou Street in Netherland, on Tuesday, July 4th at 1 p.m. to see Magoo performing live, on Friday, July 7th at 5 p.m. to see Michael Lenson performing live, and on Saturday, July 8th at 5 p.m. to see Derek Dames Ole and Friends performing live. Also be sure to head there every Sunday at 5 p.m. to see Jazz Sundays with Black Dog and Friends. Head to the Millside Inn, located at 44365 Highway 72 in Ward, on Monday, July 3rd at 5 p.m. to see Steel Monkey performing live, on Friday, July 7th at 7 p.m. to see Foggy Top's Bluegrass Band performing live, and on Saturday, July 8th at 7 p.m. to see Josh Abeda performing live. Head to the Netherland Farmer's Market, located at 85 East 1st Street in Netherland, on Sunday, July 9th, starting at 10.30 a.m. to see Van Bosch performing live. Head to Salto, located at 112 East 2nd Street in Netherland on Friday, July 7th at 5 p.m. to see Zazania Music performing live. Head to Sweet Sue's, located at 35 East 1st Street in Netherland on Friday, July 7th at 5 p.m. for an open mic night. Head to the Train Cars, located at 101 P2P Highway in Netherland on Tuesday, July 4th at 1 p.m. to see Black Dog performing live, on Friday, July 7th at 8 p.m. for Kava Karaoke with Phil the Jukebox, on Saturday, July 8th at 8 p.m. for a Kylie Brock performance, and on Sunday, July 9th at 11 a.m. for an encore from Black Dog. And finally, head to the Very Nice Brewing Company, located at 20 East Lakeview Drive, number 112 in Netherland, on Friday, July 7th at 6 p.m. to see Jay Stop performing live, on Saturday, July 8th at 5 p.m. to see Magnum Mike performing live, and on Sunday, July 9th at 4 p.m. to see the CBDs performing live. Did we miss you or your performance? Want to submit your music listings to the Peak to Peak area? Do you have updates to your business or to your performances? Please call 303-810-5409 or email info at themountaineer.com to be included in the next print edition or the next podcast of The Mountaineer. Thank you, Jamie. Now let's drop in with special correspondent, Marianne Rosen, who shares a fascinating tale about the history of American Independence Day. Ready for a history refresher? The 4th of July. Since the late 19th century, a day of leisure, activities, get-togethers, parades, barbecues, and fireworks. Although a day which began for patriotic reasons, like many holidays, the real reason behind Independence Day sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. In colonial times where the origin lay, there was a move to separate from Great Britain. We often believe that all American colonists were on board with a break or that the breakup was sudden. Neither of these are true. At the time, a group of colonists, considered to be radical by many, after a series of events happening over 10 years, decided that a termination of the relationship with Great Britain needed to happen. The so-called radicals were mostly members of the wealthy and landed gentry. Most loyalists, or those who wished to remain bonded to Great Britain, were mainly farmers, shopkeepers, and artisans who were distrustful of the movement to break, as they felt it was being led by those with whom they had nothing in common. The actual push towards independence began around 1765 when Britain enacted the Stamp Act, followed in 1767 with the Townsend Act. 
Both of these added tax burdens to the colonists. At this time, some, especially in Boston, protested these acts and British troops were sent. As resentments and tensions rose, skirmishes with British troops began happening. In 1770, Bostonians began taunting British troops and throwing things at them. The British troops retaliated and the Boston massacre resulted. This murder of three became propaganda after Paul Revere, a local silversmith, made and distributed engravings which showed the British as the aggressors and invoked more sympathy from those colonists who had been against a break from Britain. Fast forward through the Boston Tea Party in 1773, the Coercive Acts in 1774, the Battles of Lexington and Concord in 1775, attempts to kidnap leaders Sam Adams and John Hancock, and Thomas Paine writing and distributing the pamphlet Common Sense, which outlined the reasons why America should separate from Great Britain, and you now have a majority of colonists in favor of the termination. The battle cry was indeed, no taxation without representation. This attempt to finish with Britain was still not a done deal, however. When the Continental Congress met in Philadelphia on June 7, 1776, Richard Henry Lee introduced a motion calling for colonial independence. After much heated debate, a five-man committee was formed to draft a formal statement justifying a break with Great Britain. This committee consisted of John Adams of Massachusetts, Thomas Jefferson of Virginia, Roger Sherman of Connecticut, Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania, and Robert R. Livingston of New York. On July 1st, 1776, it was still unclear whether it would pass, but the British troops attacking soldiers commanded by George Washington on that same day tipped the balance, and on July 2nd, 1776, the Continental Congress voted in favor of a resolution for independence. John Adams wrote that this would be a day that went down in history and would be celebrated with pomp, parades, games, cannons, bonfires, and illuminations. On July 4th, 1776, the Congress formally adopted the Declaration of Independence, mostly penned by Thomas Jefferson. And although the vote for independence actually took place on July 2nd, it was the fourth that became the day celebrating the birth of America. The document, however, was not even signed until August 2nd, 1776. War was still raging though, and in order to firmly root this newfound independence, the colonists needed to defeat the British army. This was easier said than done. Most historians believe the war was eventually won because of America's alliance with France, who provided troops and aids, along with Britain being an ocean away, British troops not being familiar with the area, and the hearts and minds of the colonists set on freedom. A couple of interesting facts about the day. John Adams believed we should be celebrating on July 2nd and turned down invitations to appear at any July 4th events. The first celebration was held on July 4th 1777 in Philadelphia. Massachusetts was the first state to make July 4th a state holiday. 
It did not become a federal holiday until 1870 and was not a paid federal holiday until 1941. Last, both John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on July 4th, 1826, the 50th anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. Although over the years, the political implications of the holiday have declined, it is still a day symbolizing patriotism. So while celebrating, let's remember that we celebrate these words, that all men are created equal with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and have a great 4th of July. If you are a visual artist in the Peak to Peak area and want to include your studio, gallery, or workspace in the fall Peak to Peak studio tour, then go to themountaineer.com and sign up today. It is free to join and artists will showcase their finest work to visitors and art lovers in all autumn splendor. Again, to sign up, visit themountaineer.com and follow the links to the Peak to Peak studio tour. Next, Cynthia speaks with Gavin Coombs of Ned Gravel. They discuss the upcoming third annual bike race taking place on Saturday, July 8th in Netherlands. Hi, Gavin. Do you mind starting by introducing yourself to everyone? My name is Gavin Coombs. I'm the executive director of the nonprofit Peak to Peak Endurance, uh, also the race director for the Ned Gravel uh, bike race and the Ned Ned trail running race as well. And tell us more about Ned Gravel, when it is and how it got started. Yeah, Ned Gravel is coming up in a little under uh, two weeks from now uh, on July 8th. So we started it three years ago, um, just kind of as an idea of wanting to create a fun and just inclusive uh, cycling event, uh, gravel biking, which is really just riding bikes mainly on dirt roads is really a kind of a discipline of cycling that's continuing to still really boom. It's kind of a safer alternative to to road biking, um, but it's kind of less intense than mountain biking. It kind of falls somewhere in between, but you can get to ride in, in really gorgeous areas like Netherlands and get around from, you know, get away from some of the traffic that's on, on the main roads and stuff. And so we kind of just saw an opportunity and, in 2020, we started planning the first race that launched in 2021. Uh, we had really pretty great success from, from the start. I think, you know, being so close to Boulder and Denver and coming out of the pandemic, uh, was just a, a great time for us to, to kind of start something like this. And it's continued to grow and it's, uh, just kind of continued to be a, a great event. And how many riders are expected to attend this year? Uh, we'll have, um, I think we'll end up with just over 900 riders this year. Obviously, the bulk of people are coming in from other places. So the race seems to draw a lot of visitors that really just want a chance to ride up here in the mountains. They do. I mean, certainly the large majority of people come from like the Denver metro area, Boulder, um, Colorado in general. Um, but we always have at least like 25 states represented. So people are coming from all over the country to do it. And Gavin, where's the best place to learn more about Ned Gravel? We hear there's going to be an additional music gathering for people while the race is happening. Yeah, so the the best way to learn kind of what's going on is is just on our website, nedgravel.com. Um, is pretty much all up to date. And we also have 
Facebook and Instagram are our main ways of uh, getting information out as well. And, and all of that is just Ned Gravel, um, you know, social media handles. And so that's, that's really the, the best way. Uh, you know, we are trying to communicate with the, you know, the, the town here as, because we do have a, a post race expo that is open to everybody, not just riders. It's open to the public, to the ghost town drifters playing, uh, for most of the afternoon at, uh, it's not technically at Gracio Field. It's because Gracio Field is still closed, uh, due to the repairs being made. So it's actually going to be in the dirt lot right behind Gracio Field. And, uh, which is, I think eventually going to be like an amphitheater or whatever. I'm not a hundred percent sure what the town has planned for it, but we definitely encourage everyone from the community to come and hang out with us. There's, uh, local food trucks and beer and vendors and like I said, great music and just a chance to cheer on the riders and, and all that. We've got a, you know, information for the general public. We don't plan on closing any roads, uh, except East Street where the start and finish is right in front of Gorsio Field. And then, you know, we do, you know, just always want to caution people, just expect riders on the road. There are a lot of riders. You know, like I said, it'll be around 900 or so. And so. Uh, we really encourage our riders to be cautious and courteous and obey the rules of the race and the rules of the road. And, uh, we just ask that, uh, you know, people getting around town do the same, uh, and just be courteous and, and cautious around the, the riders as well. But we're really excited to, to bring, you know, another year of Ned Gravel back. Uh, you know, we live here in town and, you know, we think it's just a great opportunity to, to showcase just all the, the great stuff that Ned, Netherland has to offer. Thank you, Gavin. We're excited to see how the race turns out. And we also hope it is just another successful gathering here in town. Now for our final story, Dango speaks with Aaron Gell Friedman of Zizania Music, who will be performing their original brand of old-time swing at Salto's first Friday, July 7th. Hi, Aaron. Can you start by introducing yourself to our listening audience? Um, my name is Aaron Gale Friedman, and I'm with Zizania Music. So, Aaron, I understand that Zizania Music is still a budding project. Can you tell us a little bit about how the band got started? So the guitar player, Joshua Schnabel, and I met in April of last year. So we've just been playing together for a little over a year. But we really found kind of an immediate musical synergy and started collaborating with some really fantastic other musicians. So we've been playing out quite a bit in that year. Pretty focused on vintage jazz and swing from the 1930s and 40s with a few kind of early R&B soul tunes thrown in and then some covers. You know, we stick with the standards, but then we throw in some covers from time to time just for fun. So as the band grows with experience, most people will see you playing primarily around the front range. Is that correct? Yeah, we're kind of spending a lot of time in Denver, different venues. And obviously we love being up in Netherlands. We are based in Longmont and Lyons, so we do play in those towns and then Boulder. You had mentioned that sometimes there's a change in the lineup. Can you tell us how that happens and what to expect at the upcoming Salto show? 
Yeah, we have great musicians that play with us regularly that are, you know, in other bands. So because we have musicians that are in other jazz and funk bands, we do sometimes need to sub folks in and out just because they have, like, all of our band members have a lot of gigs, which is awesome. And sometimes it's a bit of a juggling act. So for the show on July 7th, our first Friday show at Salto Coffee, we are going to be joined by... Connor Hollingsworth on bass. Connor is a fantastic bass player. He plays with Jeremy Money's band, and I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Money and his band. So I'm always really good having Connor with us. He's just an excellent, excellent player, and we love playing with him. So that's exciting for the seventh. And we will also be joined by uh, Michael Bosim, who plays both saxophone and clarinet, and he plays regularly with a Denver swing band called Busy with a Dame, who we also love. So we feel really lucky because we get musicians who play in all of our favorite bands to come and play with us. And it's just really fun to share excellent musicians with, with other bands. So we feel really, really lucky and we're really excited about the show at Salto. And Aaron, what's the best way for people to find out more about Zyzania Music? Sure. Yeah, we have a website, which is zyzaniamusic.com. And we have quite a few recordings and videos up there for folks to check out the sound. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Well, we're just excited for our show in Netherlands. Um, we'll be back in Netherlands in August. That's a very nice brewing company, which we always love playing there. But we have a number of shows throughout July and August and into September. So that, you know, all of our shows are listed on our website if anyone wants to try to find us and it's close to them. I'd say we're really excited about starting to play more for the swing dance community. We're playing for some of the Swing in Denver shows this summer. When Swing in Denver does the shows, when they host bands for the shows, they do have swing dance lessons, which is always really, really fun. So you can get a swing dance lesson before the music starts and then you kind of, you know, get to practice during the, the show. <laughs> It's just a blast. Thank you so much for taking the time to check in with us today. Again, Zyzania Music will be performing this Friday as the featured musicians at Salto's first Friday event in Netherlands, July 7th. Concludes this week's episode of the Mountain Air Podcast, where everybody's listening. Visit our website at www.themountaineer.com to read more information about today's guests. Pick up a copy of this week's print edition of the Mountaineer at newsstands all across the peak to peak. I'm Dango Rose, and I'm Cynthia Davis. Thank you for listening. Up here in the mountains, things are weird.